0: Happy Sunday to everyone, and welcome to Calvary. Welcome to those of you that are in the room, to those that are watching online, to those of you in the chapel, and to those of you at our Minnetonka campus. It's great to have everybody here. For those of you that do not know me, my name is Greg Stevenson, and I have the great pleasure of serving as the campus pastor at our Minnetonka campus. And I have been serving in this role for a little over two years now, and just have been so blessed by the many relationships that my family and I have made during this time There are some wonderful, wonderful people at the Minnetonka campus uh, that are a part of that community. And I would like to think that as I am introducing myself to you all today, that they're in their worship center giving me a standing ovation. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, in actuality, they're probably wondering why in the world I am here and not there. But to my wonderful Minnetonka people, I promise I'll be back with you next Sunday. But for today, it is a great pleasure to be with you all here as we kick off a new sermon series called Everyday Faith. We so often separate our normal lives from our spiritual lives because we think of some parts of our lives as being religious, while other parts of them are ordinary. But God calls us to engage with Him All of it. Our faith should show up every day in the normal parts of our lives. Our faith should be intertwined in how we parent our children and how we uh, engage in our private lives and how we interact on social media and how we engage our work culture and for today's purposes, how we live out our everyday faith in our relationships. Now, when I first started to think about what God wants me to share in this message and what might be the most meaningful and impactful, I had a moment where I stared at my computer screen thinking, well, where in the world do I begin? I mean, relationships are one of the toughest things that we do in life, right? The concept of relationships are so complex because the connections that we have with others can bring us so much joy and happiness and fulfillment in life When in the blink of an eye, those same connections can bring so much sadness and pain and distrust. Now, I would imagine that everyone here does not have to think very hard about someone uh, that you have or had had a strong connection with in life that uh, you just simply enjoyed doing life with. I can ask you, what are your favorite memories in your life and someone or maybe a group of people come to mind that you have created such a strong bond with? Now, I can also imagine that you don't have to think very hard about someone in your life that has hurt you, created distrust, disappointed you, or maybe even made you feel incapable of feeling loved. Now, relationships are so central to our lives, it's it's a topic that has been researched by hundreds of professionals around the world. Hundreds of books have been written about the human bond, and hundreds of thousands of people have been surveyed, all with the effort of trying to find answers to common questions like, uh, why do some relationships endure, why others don't? What are the greatest qualities of a relationship? What is it that I should get out of my relationships? Or questions such as, when do I know when to step away from a relationship? Well, I don't want to disappoint you because I am not here to tell you what the research says. You eventually want to go home today, I believe. But I do want to look at what God says about our relationships. Because we are disciples of Jesus, how do we have relationships that are reflective of his presence in our lives? Because we are called to have everyday faith, how do I approach my marriage? How do I approach my friendships, my parenting? Uh, Friends that are believers, how do I approach friends that are not believers? How do we approach relationships in a way that show people that Jesus is at the center of every connection that we have been blessed to have Well, I think it's critical to start with a monumental truth that we obtain when we go back to the creation of the world. And if you're not familiar with the creation story, you go back into the book of Genesis, which is the first book in the Bible. Genesis in Hebrew meaning in the beginning. And we find that after everything God had made, the light, the stars, the air, the earth, the water, the vegetation, and the very first human, that it was all a very good thing. But then the first time we ever hear... God say that something was not good was when he recognized that the first human was alone. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now here we get our first image of a relationship between two human beings. Now, this specific relationship is between a man and a woman that come together to form a very tight bond, a bond that we often attribute to the the marriage bond, but we can still take away from this that human beings were created to be together in relationship with one another. God said, or God saw that a human lacking another human connection was not a good thing. When we think about some of the things that are the most important in our lives, research does not need to tell us that some of the people that are closest to us are some of our a part of our fondest memories in life. Now, all relationships we have and can have will look different, but the underlying theme and the main point for today is that we are created for relationships. We are created for relationships. Our connections with one another is the very center of how God has created us and what he wants for us. It is not good for people to be alone. We are social creatures. Each of us as individuals cannot provide everything we need for ourselves, so we need others to interact with and to help us. I heard a story of a man named David uh, who lost his wife after 44 years of marriage. And after she passed, he isolated himself. He kept to himself and declined his friend Tony's invitation to go out to dinner. Now, that didn't stop Tony from calling David every week, and David continued to refuse. But then finally, one day, David gave in to his friend's invitation, and they went out to dinner simply just to get Tony to stop calling. Well, six years have passed, and they continue to meet for dinner once a week with their friends They call themselves the Romeo Club or the Retired Old Men Eating Out Club. So knowing that we are hardwired to connect with others, what should these relationships look like? Because we are men and women of faith, what does God tell us about how we should approach these relationships? Now, we can take an entire year and dig into the different characteristics and dynamics of specific relationships between couples, between parents and their children, uh, between our friends. We could even look at a whole sermon series on what our relationships look like with our enemies. But I believe God has given us guidance in how we should act in any relationship that we encounter. Regardless of who the person is that God has placed in our hearts, we have instructions on how we can create a meaningful and purposeful relationship as a faithful follower of Jesus. Now I'm going to keep this as simple as possible because I believe God has kept it simple for us. And we're going to talk about two action items that we can implement and apply in any relationship that we have. And the first thing is that if we are going to have everyday faith in our relationship is that we need to be present. We need to be present. You may remember when Josh Hobie preached during the Bucket List series earlier this summer, he talked about the same concept. If we're gonna leave behind a lasting legacy for our children, showing up in the lives of those around us is a critical part of how we live out our faith every day. To be present in people's lives, whether it's a simple coffee con- uh, connection, connecting with a work colleague, maybe a multi-family vacation trip, a text or a phone call at a special time in someone's life, mowing our neighbor's yard, or even showing up to your friend, children, children or child's sporting events, which was the case for my family. Uh, This summer, my daughter Haley started playing lacrosse for the very first time. And me not knowing anything about the sport of lacrosse, I had to go all in with it, right? I didn't know anything about it. And so I went out and I bought her a new lacrosse stick, new cleats, a practice net for our yard, My wife and I even got one of those rolling coolers and I got those fancy neck fans that you laugh at people, but they really do work. And we may have gone a little overboard with this, but the most meaningful thing that happened during this experience was when three of Haley's youth leaders and one of our family friends showed up to one of her games. Now they certainly had other things in life going on, but when Keith, Adrian, Kate, and Joe showed up for that one hour, it meant the world to Haley, Lisa, and myself. I was reminded that when we are present in other people's lives, we can experience God in a real, tangible way because he has ingrained into us a powerful feeling when we connect with others. We can feel fulfilled. We can feel supported, encouraged. We can feel complete, that maybe someone in our lives has has made us whole. It's a gift that God has given us And you might even be where at the right time, your mere presence in someone's life could be what they need and show that God is real, to prove that God's existence is there through that relationship. Now, in the Bible, we read about a woman who showed up, who was present in a real way, in a godly way. Now, Naomi was a wife and a mother of two young men, but there came a time when all three men in her life passed away. Leaving her to survive on her own. Now, in the Jewish time, uh, during the Jewish time in the Old Testament, only men could own property and only men could pass on the family wealth to future generations. So Naomi was left with nothing. Imagine the despair and sadness this woman experienced being a widow, a mother who lived through both of her sons' death. She's alone, she's poor, traveling in a foreign country with no one to help her. She even speaks about her situation in the book of Ruth in chapter 1. And she says, don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. The name Naomi in Hebrew means pleasant, but she was not having a pleasant time or living a pleasant life. She would rather be called uh, Mara, which translates to bitter. Her future was very bleak, and she tells her two daughter-in-laws to go back to their home country because there was nothing left for them. And in doing so, one of the women named Ruth steps up and says this. She says, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Now, not all of our situations might be that desperate, but the impact of showing up in someone's life in a critical moment could be one of the most godly things that we do. We are called to mourn with those who mourn. To bear each other's burdens, to comfort those that are afflicted. It's not an easy task. But it is a way when we show up in people's lives to show that God loves them and to show the power of love as God intended, utilizing our everyday faith. Now the second way that we can have everyday faith in our relationships is to point them to God, to point them to God. David Benner is a leading thinker on the subject of spiritual formation, and this is what he says about this topic. Spiritual friends nurture the growth of each other's inner self and help each other become whole people. I mean, that is a powerful statement. Spiritual friends nurture the growth of each other's inner self and help each other Become whole people. The Apostle Paul planted over a dozen churches and made strong connections with his church communities, constantly pointing to those that he loved to Jesus. Paul was a very wise and strategic person, giving out great advice and displaying strong, strong leadership to his church communities. But in doing so, and in the midst of the challenges and struggles that they experienced, he always pointed them to Jesus. Paul once said to his friends that were part of the Philippian church that they must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. He tells his friends in Galatia to allow God's Spirit to guide them. He tells his church in Colossae that Jesus has set them free and that they should turn their eyes towards him. Now, being a man of great wisdom and a man who lived out his everyday faith in his relationships strove to influence them to grow in their own relationships with Jesus. I remember in college, the school I attended, they did an anti-drinking campaign. And I remember they placed all around the campus signs that said, are you making friends or drinking buddies? Now, in a similar light, we need to look at our relationships and ask ourselves, how am I influencing the people that God has placed in my life? How am I influencing my friends, my family, those that I care about? Because if we want to live out our everyday faith in our relationships, then we need to be missional in those relationships, if we truly love these people and want them to experience the love of Jesus, then we need to point them to Jesus and the free and the salvation that he freely offers, only through him. Now, relationships are great. Connecting people with is a wonderful thing. Establishing those emotional and uh, relational and physical and spiritual bonds is a wonderful thing. In fact, it's so wonderful God himself created that because he knows how important, how impactful, and how beautiful his greatest greatest creation is when we are connected together. He knows that we need support. He knows that we need at times encouragement. At times he knows we need a shoulder to cry on or an ear that will listen. And if we're going to have everyday faith in our relationships, then we need to be present, and we need to point them to Jesus. A man by the name of, uh, name of John, he lived a wildlife full of parties and drinking and drug use, and he described himself as a monster as he progressed through his own self-demise, taking advantage of people that he knew, people that he loved, hurting everyone around him. Well, he eventually hit rock bottom and decided a drastic change was needed for his life, and he enlisted into the U.S. Coast Guard. And although the boot camp gave him the much-needed structure and discipline that he needed, well, it didn't change his heart, and he inevitably fell back into his dark lifestyle. But yet, at some point, he met a young man named Art that started him on a journey that changed his life forever. And now John said this in his testimony, He said, then God put Art Thompson in my life. Art was a young man who just joined the Coast Guard. Art loved Jesus, and he loved me. He faithfully shared the gospel with me, always making a point to say, Jesus loves you, bro. He described how Jesus had changed his life. Art had a serious joy that I wanted in my own life. I just didn't know how to get it. Now, through the encouragement of his friend, Art, that showed up to talk about John's problems and that always pointed to Jesus, John started attending church and started watching sermons online. Now, he struggled for a bit, but then one day something clicked in his heart. He understood that he was guilty of more than just doing bad things, but that he was guilty of sinning against God and that he deserved God's judgment. And at that moment, He said the burden of his sin fell off in an instant replaced with the knowledge that Jesus was Lord and that God had saved him. That moment led to an immediate and radical change and it all started with the encouragement of a friend named Art who showed up and pointed to Jesus as a solution. Our faith should not be segmented in our lives. God wants our faith to show up every day in the normal parts of our lives, especially in our relationships. And if we are gonna live out our everyday faith in our relationships, then we need to be present and we need to point them to Jesus. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the people that you place into our lives. Lord, relationships can at times be hard, at times they can be easy. But God, you have called us to have everyday faith in the people that you have placed in front of us. God, I just ask you that you empower us, you light a fire under under us when we need to connect with people, when it's uh, burdensome for us, when it is time-consuming. But God, you know what that person needs. And you know that you want to work through us and that we have to show up so that you can be present in that person's life. Father, we just ask for your spirit to work through us. And Father, knock off the fear if that is what stands in the way of us talking about you and pointing them to you. Remove those barriers. Create experiences where we can pull from and we can show that you are real, that you are in our lives. Help us be a model as you intended to the world. God, help your love be experienced through how we engage and connect with people around us. Bless us with your presence. We just pray that you get the glory in all the relationships that we have. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.